Hi there, and welcome to the North County Beat. Today is Friday, November 13th. My name is Kelly Kyle, and I will be guiding you through this podcast today, as always. If you are hearing this, congratulations, you made it through Election Day, or shall I say Election Week, or for some, Election Month. I'll explain more later as we hear some local reaction to the way that the national and regional elections went down, with a little side of context, of course. But before we begin, a quick word from our sponsor. The North County Beat is supported by Lazy Acres Natural Market in Encinitas. Encinitas' own Lazy Acres Natural Market is offering fully prepared and ready-to-reheat meals to make it easy for you to ring in the holidays. To order your meal and get more information, visit LazyAcres.com or stop by the store at 150 Encinitas Boulevard. Alright, let's get to it. Election night was a roller coaster, and it wasn't until last Saturday that we had a media outlet call the presidential election in favor of former Vice President Joe Biden. And when they did make that call, there were celebrations and counter-demonstrations in cities across the country. You saw people celebrating in New York City. Washington, D.C. And here in San Diego, too, in Hillcrest, down south. And in North County, people met at the Cardiff Cook statue in Encinitas to show their excitement over the Biden win. Priyabhat Patel, a current Carlsbad council person and a 2022 state Senate hopeful, was on the edge of her seat during those three days before the election was called. She was one of the 77.4 million Americans who voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It was really exciting to finally see the results come in. And obviously, Harris is of Indian American descent, as I am. So that was really exciting to see, um, you know, history being made in that sense. And um, something that I don't think I would have ever imagined growing up. Bob Patel saw the Biden-Harris campaign as being more closely aligned with her views on promoting diversity. It's something that's very valuable and important to me to make sure that folks that represent at all levels are representing people of all backgrounds. And I think that the Biden-Harris presidency and vice presidency definitely is indicative of that. And while some Democrats are breathing a sigh of relief... Other Republicans who support Donald Trump see this race as being far from over. Morgan Kimbaro is the president of the San Diego Young Republicans. He was also keeping a close eye on the results last week, especially as some states added their mail-in ballots to the mix. You have to really be able to audit these votes and understand what's happening here. So from my perspective, the election is not over. For Kimbaro and many others who voted for Trump, the election is still going on. The president himself has yet to concede, and the General Services Administration has not certified the election results at the time of this recording. Without concrete evidence, Donald Trump has suggested that voter fraud is to blame for the current election outcome and plans to file lawsuits in multiple states. Here's Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, speaking on Fox News. I think the first lawsuit will be Pennsylvania, the second will either be Michigan or Georgia, and over the course of the week we should get it all pulled together. At this point it would be wrong for him to concede. Kimbaro sees this response from President Trump as a justified call for an investigation into the electoral process. I think if you're on the left and you feel confident that Joe Biden won under legitimate means, then let's investigate this, right, let's get down to the nitty gritty, and then from there, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll determine whether or not we have to you know, this goes to the House of Representatives or Joe Biden uh, truly, his lead is true and legal. Now, voter fraud isn't something this country takes lightly. 
It's a felony. And while it could happen, when you crunch the numbers, the rate at which it occurs is around 0.0009%, according to a 2017 study from the Brennan Center. This same report explains how this level of fraud is not nearly enough to sway an election. Now this year, with more Americans voting by mail, it may seem like there was more opportunity for fraud since it's easier to dishonestly fill out a form than to go in person posing as someone you're not. There is also this idea of someone voting twice, by mail and in person. This was actually something President Trump insinuated voters should do when he made a statement back in September. If you get the unsolicited ballots, send it in and then go make sure it counted. And if it doesn't tabulate, you vote. You just vote. And then if they tabulated very late, which they shouldn't be doing, they'll see you voted and so it won't count. Still, it is important to note that there is no concrete evidence or any data to suggest widespread voter fraud in these ways during this election or in any previous election for that matter. To add some context to this situation, I called up a familiar voice. Casey Dominguez, an associate professor of politics at the University of San Diego, has spent decades researching campaigns and elections. Every year there's some ballot that's misfiled or uh, as we saw in Pennsylvania, somebody tries to vote for their dead mother, but it's, uh, uh, it's vanishingly small. So just like the data have shown, levels of documented voter fraud remain extremely low. Dominguez explains how states have people who are literally right now cross-referencing and double-checking ballots to ensure that they are legit. That's what all the elections officials are out there doing. They're they're looking at the list and making sure that people who are voting by mail didn't also vote in person. All in all, Dominguez explains that this was a pretty normal election. Even the delayed results were kind of expected. We knew that the mail votes were going to trend Democrat, and we knew that they were not allowed to be counted until you know later in some of the swing states. And so we knew it was going to take a long time, and it did. And uh, then we got the result that was consistent with um, the polling and the past behavior of all of these places, uh, and the uh, you know continuing the trends that that uh, we would have expected to see. But as someone who's devoted her career to researching democracy and elections in the United States, what's concerning Dominguez isn't so much the process, but rather the way that Donald Trump has responded to the current election results. Any local candidate who loses a race and they can tell that they've lost, um, that, and, and the news media calls it, and they, they concede, right? That's how the game is played. President Trump thinks he gets to play by a different set of rules, and it's not okay. While it might feel like an extreme example, Dominguez says the last time something like this happened was in 1860. And you definitely learned about it in school. Well, we have had in the past, um, one party refused to concede the election, and that led to the Civil War. Lincoln was elected, and the, the South, this in, at the time it was the Democrats, um, refused to recognize the results of the election. So that was, we did have that. Now, a full-on Civil War is the last thing anyone needs right now. Hopefully it doesn't go there. But you really can't deny that the U.S. is divided right now. And Dominguez sees President Trump's baseless claims of voter fraud and failure to concede the election as adding fuel to a fire that's threatening U.S. democracy. What the president is doing, it is dangerous because it is leading people who, for the rest of their lives, have had every reason to trust that the president of the United States is, is uh, telling them the truth. He is trying to convince them that our elections have not been free and fair, and that is extraordinarily dangerous. 
Hi, I'm Ryan Wolt, host of the Roast West Coast Podcast. Ever wonder what a flat white was? Or if the ratio of coffee beans to water matters? How about the difference between washed and unwashed coffee beans? If so, be sure to subscribe to the Roast West Coast Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We can learn all about coffee and explore the origin stories of some of the best coffee roasters in North County, San Diego together. Details and links to your favorite podcast platforms available now at onewildlifeco.com backslash podcasts. Moving back to San Diego now, this is a local podcast after all. Things went a bit more smoothly. We did see some political flip-flopping at the county and congressional level. For instance, in the District 3 county supervisor race, Democrat Tara Lawson-Reamer beat out incumbent Kristen Gaspar, who tends to lean Republican, for the seat that represents many of the North Coastal cities. This was a big shift for a seat that's traditionally been held by Republicans. You also saw more diversity reflected in the winners, something that Carlsbad Councilperson Priya Bhatt Patel was happy to see. I don't think, at least for when I was growing up, we saw this much diversity in our governing bodies. And I think finally having that diversity is really exciting. And I think that if we can continue to move that way, we'll actually have representation from, um, you know, different walks of life, different groups. For Morgan Kimbaro of the San Diego Young Republicans, this was certainly a tough election to watch locally. Gotta, gotta take a beating when you take a beating. And across San Diego County, we got smoked. We did not, uh, we did not do well this election cycle. Kimbaro was excited about a few big wins for Republicans in the area, including the 50th Congressional District. But when it comes to the issue of division in the U.S. and even in our area, he says he doesn't let political differences keep him from living his life. Some person might have a different politics than us. It doesn't mean like we can't shop at the same supermarket, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure if I walked, I'm, I'm in a parking lot right now looking at a Sprouts. I'm sure if I walked in there, 55% are Democrats and 45% Republicans. I mean, and are we at each other's throats? No, you know, we're just going shopping, living life. So yeah, the country's divided, but I mean, hey, I don't think it's like we're about to go to war or anything. Councilwoman Bot Patel is also hopeful that San Diegans can move forward together when election officials put community needs first instead of their own. We may not agree, but we are still serving the same people. We're here to represent our people and we're here to serve our people. So let's put our egos aside, you know, and let's make sure that we're actually serving our people and that the decisions we're making are based on on that fact versus anything else. No matter where people stand politically, the popular message right now seems to be that of healing, working together as neighbors to find respect and common ground. There's no doubt it's going to be a bumpy couple of months as we await those certified presidential election results, all while keeping an eye out for possible lawsuits and vote recounts. But if democracy is in the driver's seat, it might not be so bad. That's all I have for you this week on the North County Beat. Don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, throw us a review to introduce others to the high-quality local journalism that we at The Coast News are committed to. A few thank yous on the way out today. Our podcast manager is Ryan Wolt. Our Coast News editor-in-chief is Jordan Ingram. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. I'm your host, Kelly Kyle. We will have a new episode of the North County Beat out on Friday, November 20th. Have a great weekend and we will talk to you next time.